Welcome to our podcast episode and today's topic is The Power of Youth, a look at young authors. I'm your host Jenny Osterwick from Education Incorporated Boutique School and we are based in Four Ways Johannesburg. I am an English teacher and an intermediate phase head for the grades 4 to 6 at our school. On the 23rd of April 2023 is World Book Day and in celebration of this event we have invited Catrice Chari to join us in studio today to discuss the importance of young authors in the literary world. So welcome. Thank you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? What makes you? Well, I could say a lot and also say nothing at all. As you've heard, my name is Catrist and I became a published author at age 16. I had a lot of dreams and aspirations growing up and writing was not where I thought I would be. Ask me two years ago and I would have told you I'm going into law, but... Through adventure and experiment and reading, I found my love of writing and that's where I'm heading towards now in terms of career. Oh, that's fantastic news. So you are currently in matric and with exams just around the corner, where do you actually find the time to write these stories? I make sure that I have a balance between my school life and my free time because I've seen all around me adults they'll come home from work but the work has come with them and I made it a goal at around grade 10 to make sure that I have a balance between this is work this is my free time don't touch my free time so I will find the time to write during my free time and just like section my free time off. And how is it that you became an author at 16? There's actually an annual competition that occurs in our country that you may not be aware of. And it's actually hosted by SASDB in partnership with CSA and G. And it's hosted by the University of Pretoria. And it's basically this annual competition. Anyone in the country can participate as long as they're under the age of 18. And I may be wrong here, but it's over the age of 12, so 12 to 18. And you submit via the theme. They send you a PDF document and you can write on anything, fiction, nonfiction, essay, poem, whatever the hell you want, whatever your shtick is. And you submit it and they select between 30 to 60 entries depending on the budget they have for the year. That's fantastic. And it's through them that you became published. And now I believe you have a short story and a novel on the way that you're busy writing right now. Yes. So with them, I did a short story. It was about COVID, villains, viruses, victors and victims around that um, wording. And I actually decided to twist the story and make the virus mankind and use symbolism to signify how man is their own virus. And COVID was actually this type of anti-hero per se. Um, in terms of novels, I have a few things in the works, but getting them to the standard I believe they should be is a process in itself. Well, that's actually one of the things that I wanted to know. Quite often we believe that when we set a challenge for ourselves that we have to complete it. And if we don't meet our standard, that we are a failure. Do you find that doing something artistic like writing, that you'd actually have some incomplete tasks, things that are on the wayside? I would never state it as incomplete, but rather in the works. 
I have this story that I've been working on since I was 13 that I was ready to send out to publishers. I had done the editing process and I was happy with it until I decided to read it as a reader. And the more I read it, the more it felt like I was writing for Wattpad and not for a bookstore. And the more I read it, the more upset with it I got. And I actually scrapped the whole thing, redid it, didn't like it, scrapped the whole thing and redid it again. And to this day, I'm still not happy with it. And what I decided was, it's a good story idea, but the way I'm executing it, not so much. So I put the book aside and I will come back to it, but I need to come back to it with a different perspective. So I give myself time to get that different perspective and then I will approach that story again because there's no such thing as a failed story. That is a brilliant answer because in school we actually taught about our reading process which is designed around making sure that we read better and then of course our writing process and part of the writing process is that you edit your work and not just change the spelling or the grammar but actually change your story and I'm glad that you touched on that because it's something that I struggle with as a teacher to convey to my students that when you edit your work it is not about changing the spelling from your rough copy to your neat copy. It is about doing the research and making sure that you get the right perspective and making sure that the story is the best version of what you can give to the world. And I absolutely love that answer because quite often you don't see the connection between what you're taught at school and how that actually connects to the real world and saying that you've actually just got to Teach yourself about different perspectives. Teach yourself about different things that are happening in this world. And that then informs you and allows you to be a better writer. So then would it be safe to say that you'd think that being a good writer means to be a good reader? Yes and no. And I can tell you why. Because it's about perspectives Reading helps you get those perspectives. When you read, it's different genres, different writing styles, different ways of writing, different ways of communicating even. Each author has their own way of conveying that imagery and that message. And that's why I love fiction so much, because it's actually a very difficult thing to do. However, you don't need reading to get that perspective. For example, you could see the world differently to other people. You may be looking at the same leaf, but see a different shade of green to other people. And if you have that creative mindset where you can open your eyes to the world around you, you don't need reading. Reading helps you in one aspect of perspective for writing, but it's not the only thing you need. You need that wider range of knowledge, that bigger picture view on the world. That's the real thing that helps you with your writing. So basically, reading is the cheap version of getting that knowledge. Yes. If you can't afford to go to Europe, you're going to read about it instead. Yes. <laughs> I like that answer. So I actually have a personal question. I've seen on social media lately that English teachers are often sort of like in a way made fun of because we look for the deeper meaning when we're reading novels. Um, for example, a teacher might look at a sentence and we read about the blue curtains and we say that this represents our protagonist's feelings of deep sadness. And then the opinion about these posts is basically that we're just looking for things that aren't really there and sometimes it really is just about blue curtains. 
So what is your opinion about this? So when you write, do you use figurative language to convey a deeper meaning or are teachers just looking for things that don't exist? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have my own personal example and it's the he sat on the chair. Sometimes just let the boy sit on the chair in peace. <laughs> no, honestly, it, it flips both ways. I find myself crapping on English teachers for that exact same reason. But when I started writing to be published, I realized that my shtick as an author is having that underlying meaning and that reading in between the lines. And I actually really love having those real world issues incorporated into my fictional writing. So you'll often see my main target audience is your young adults, your new adults. Those are the people I branch for. Yeah. But within that group, I also reach for those critical thinkers, those analysts, if you will. Yeah. And if you did read in between the lines, you would see in my own fictional writing, there is that symbolism of maybe the blue curtain is a little more than a blue curtain. Yeah. And I think it took switching perspectives and actually being the writer to realize that, oh, English teachers may actually have a point because I am doing this myself. Oops. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. So what are some of the challenges that you face as a young author and how did you actually overcome them? One of the challenges I would say is just support in general. I mean, obviously, with this industry, it's not the millionaire industry. Yeah. You're not going to be sitting in Hollywood, sipping cocktails in your penthouse mansion. Yeah, you might become Stephen King one day. You <laughs> never know. <laughs> we'll see. It's just a thing of because this is an industry that isn't as recognized and is very difficult. It is difficult to get into and support honestly gives you that boost of morale and that boost of confidence. So I was lucky enough to have that support, but in an industry where everyone will tell you, yeah, you have this idea, but it's been done before. That's the problem. When it comes to creative, everything has been done before. And it's how can I take this idea that has definitely been done before, but make it new and make it mm. fresh that's the most difficult thing about the creative industry in general. That's actually quite interesting because I read an article a couple of months ago about the idea that there are only seven plots, that, as you say, everything's been done before and it's really just how you spin that and mm -hmm. put a twist on it to make it uniquely yours. So that being said, though, how would you overcome writer's block? If everything's been done before, what do you do when you get stuck? You're calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> You're in that spot, aren't you? Yes. Um, experimenting. The thing is, what happens when you write, at least personally, you get so stuck on a specific point that you're trying to get across that you can't figure out how to get across that specific point. And you need to figure out how to get around that. And the more you think how to get around it, the more stuck you're going to get. So removing yourself entirely is what I would do because what happens is, and I'm actually experiencing writer's block right now and I'm starting to get over it finally, even though it's been a couple months. And yes, it does take months to get over writer's block. That's fine. Days, months, weeks, it's okay. 
but I've been in a writing slump for a couple of months and I actually decided that I'm going to take myself completely away from the story and just live life. And the more I've been living life, the more I've been seeing, I can use this, I can use this, I can use this. And it's giving me also a drive to go back to that book and to continue it because the writer's block is not there because I'm not thinking about the writing. I'm just mm. thinking about living, experiencing, and ooh, I can use this in my story. I can use that. Yeah. So it's going to be different for everybody. What works for me won't work for the next guy because we're all different people. Yeah. And that's what makes us beautiful. So that's my personal method, but it's going to be different for every single person. And you need to find what works best for you. I think maybe part of it might just be the fear of putting yourself out there and being like, this is me and I'm I'm giving you the raw version of myself, yeah. particularly with fictional work where, you know, you can make up anything and it really taps into that deeper you. So I know of the concept, it's called a pseudonym, where you basically have an alias and you use that alias as a means to put yourself out there, but without worrying about your name going out there and being yeah. like, oh, this is, <laughs> you know, this is the real me. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm ready for everyone to see it. Can you tell us a little bit about the concept of a pseudonym and if there's actually any benefit to using it when publishing your literary works? Because at the end of the day, you're using an alias. So do you risk basically not getting the recognition you deserve if it means that you can write about whatever you want without feeling any concern about yourself going out there? Well, I guess that depends on do you think the name makes the person or the person makes the name? That's the first question you need to ask. And once you have the answer to that, you can go down different bridges. For me, I use the alias Catrist because purely privacy. I may become famous for my writing. I don't know. I know one of my dreams and aspirations is to have one of my books become a movie. Maybe like shoot for New York Times bestselling author first, but of course <laughs> we're reaching for movie next. But I use an alias purely for privacy. I don't mind people knowing my real name, but it's none of your business nor your concern. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what people lose about famous people is the fact that they are still human. And I want that thing of, I separate the actor from the character or the actress from the character. Yeah. And I always get annoyed with my friends when they're busy talking about the character and the actor as the same person because they're not. So I separate the name, the person, Ryan Reynolds, from the character that he is or the character that he yeah. plays. They're two different people in my mind. And I use an alias to do the exact same thing, to separate my work from me. Because my work is what I do, what I'm putting out there, what I'm presenting. But who I am isn't necessarily my work. And having that division is something that people fail to understand is, yes, you're a celebrity. Yes, you're in the spotlight. Yeah. But I also have my own life. Yeah. And I'm not always for you to see and for you to take pictures of. But I have my private life. Keep it private. Mm. So even though your private life might be influenced in your writing it doesn't define you as an individual exactly. your writing isn't who you are only yes that's actually a good answer and 
we actually I was thinking about it we have some really really amazing authors and young authors as well I mean there's a girl named Michelle who wrote Waiting for the Waves and she wrote her book at age seven there's a girl named Stacy who at the age of seven also wrote a book she wrote Smelly Cats and is on book number four in the series and then Nkali Metu she wrote Clever Twins at the age of 10 so when you look at you at age 16 you look at the the how young kids can actually be when they're writing stories and our grade eights right now they're busy reading a novel called The Outsiders which was written by a lady named Essie Hinton and she was 17 when she wrote and published the the novel a couple of years ago 40 years ago (laughs) but it's actually nice to see that in South Africa and particularly we have so many young authors who are absolutely amazing so if you could give any advice to young aspiring authors what would you actually tell them to do do it just do it just do it so there's more to that sentence but just (laughs) do it because you know what at the end of the day a dream's a dream at the end of the day you only live once yeah go do the thing you want to do sure you may fail but at least you did it because the thing about regrets is if you don't do the action, you'll never know. Yeah. And in that never knowing, you could regret never knowing. And by the time you have that regret, it's too late. Well, the thing is, I mean, if we think about it, people like Nikola Tesla, they did it. They didn't become famous in their lifetime, but they certainly did become famous afterwards. Exactly. So I guess you're right. Just by doing it, regardless of what it looks like at the end, you might just find that your descendants benefit from what you have done. I mean, look at what William Shakespeare has done for English. He was hated in his time. And now look, we use his language for everything. Also, Vincent van Gogh, when he was alive, his art meant nothing. But now that he's dead, his art is worth millions. Absolutely. So go do it. Go strive for your goal. Go strive for your dream. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it's your life. And pleasing people is a little bit tiring. Yeah. Go shoot for your dreams. Oh, beautifully, beautifully said. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd like to thank you so much for coming through and joining us and actually giving us the opportunity to hear you out and hear what it means to be a young author in South Africa and how we can actually go about it. So before you go, Mm -hmm. I want you to give us your social media contact details that we can contact you on. And I'd love to know what those beautiful abbreviations meant when you were saying them earlier on. And please, what is the name of your book? Because we haven't even started with that. (laughs) (laughs) The name of the book I'm currently working on is Loving Me Will Never Work. And the goal is to make you cry mercilessly. I am that author. I will kill characters off without hesitation. (gasps) And that does include the main character. Thank you very much. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) So I'm curious. I'm very curious. Be prepared. Loving Me Will Never Work. Hopefully, I'll get it to publishers by the end of this year, but we'll see how that one goes. In terms of social media, if you want to follow my main account, that is catrist.chari. It's catrist with a K and a Y, um, in case you're struggling to spell that. The people that host the annual competition is the South African Schools Debating Board in partnership with Center for Sexuality, AIDS and Gender at the University of Pretoria. So that's what all those letters in the start of this meant. Fantastic. And if you really want to and you're more of a TikTok person, I do also have a TikTok account and that is catrist.chari. 
So you guys can find me on my socials. Feel free to follow me. I would love the support. And who knows, you may even get a little bit of spoilers for the future books coming up. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to see us. We look forward to hearing from you again and seeing what you do in the amazing world of literature. It was my pleasure. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.